a beautiful song built with a tapestry of rhythms. A deeply intuitive soul track. And a track with a bass line so laid back you just might fall out of your seat. You're listening to Themes and Variation. Themes and Variation is a podcast about music and perspectives brought to you by the online music school Soundfly. I'm your host, Carter Lee. All right, folks, another themes and variation coming at you. And today we're looking at songs that redefined our sense of time. So we've got three tracks that for one way or another totally reshaped the way our panel looks at some very important components of great music. And of course, joining me today is frequent guest and sometimes co-host of the podcast, the remarkable composer and producer, Martin Fowler. And he and I are just so excited to be joined by the inimitable electronic musician and producer, Jay Lynn. Jalen's music for me kind of defies any kind of definition. It needs to be heard and not explained. She's just one of those incredible artists that truly has discovered their own voice and just puts it all out there in everything that she makes. If you want to get a sense of of really truly where rhythm can go, then you absolutely have to be listening to Jalen. And if you want to tap into her incredible artistry and what it can maybe do for you as an artist and musician, then you must check out her course at soundfly.com, Jaylin Rhythm, Variation, and Vulnerability. Of course, this is to be expected from an artist as unique as Jaylin. This is kind of a different course for us. Of course, we get very deep into the advanced rhythms that Jaylin presents throughout her music. But this course is so much more than that. You get much more into the, the philosophical side of music, the ability to kind of be a little bit more vulnerable with your art and really inject yourself into the music that you create. So if you feel a little bit bogged down and stuck artistically and creatively, I highly recommend checking out this course. And remember, this course is only available through soundfly.com, where you can take 20% off a monthly or annual subscription just by using the discount code THEMES. And as for themes and variation, the very podcast that you're listening to, we of course would welcome a rating or review wherever you get your podcast. You can also subscribe if you're enjoying the show. We'd really appreciate it. But folks, that is enough out of me. Let's get into the episode, Songs That Redefined Our Sense of Time. All right, folks, another themes and variation coming at you. I'm joined this time. I know normally this time, I'm like, oh, I'm joined by my frequent co-host, Mahaley. I'm actually joined by a very dear friend and a frequent guest of the podcast, Mr. Martin, Marty Fowler. Marty, how you doing? I don't know why I, I insist on doing that every time. I, I think I got to stop canon. doing that, but yeah. it's nice to be here. <laughs> well, hey, nice to have you. Nice to see you. We are, of course... Though, I mean, joined by an incredible artist, the one and only Jalen. Jalen, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you all for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I thank you for your course, of course, Jalen Rhythm Variation Vulnerability. We've got a lot of students getting a lot out of it. I have gotten a lot out of it as well. And we're talking about a theme I think that fits very nicely with maybe how you you approach music. We're talking about songs that redefined our sense of time bit of a convoluted kind of title, but I love it. Marty, you came up with this title. Um, where did it come from? What, what were you thinking when you, when you kind of threw it at me? Well, you know, you, you threw out some, some interesting ideas. One of them was um, something, something similar to this, and uh, it, it was something like song, songs that defined our sense of time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was something like that. And I was like, what about songs that like completely changed our sense of time? How about that? Yeah. And, and as soon as I thought of that, it just, my mind went crazy with lots of examples. So I, th- I thought it might be something, especially, I mean, Jalen's music fits perfectly yeah. into that to me. As soon as I heard Jalen's music for the first time, I was like, I don't think I know what time is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, it, you know. It flips you on your head in the best way, like so rhythmic, um, yet so like, I, I mean, I have my own thoughts on it. I want to get into, of course, with you, Jalen, but I was thinking, 
Um, as far as a kickoff question for you both, knowing what you did pick and knowing the songs and the artists maybe that did influence your uh, redefinition of, of your sense of time, are there any other artists that you can point to that you feel have influenced your approach to rhythm and time? Um, Eartha Kid is a big one. Nina Simone. Um, mm-hmm. Eartha Kid because she can. There's a, a, a piece she has called Ushkudada. Like her version of the song is it's the only it's only Earth the Kid. Like there's I think there's a difference between operating from when you when rhythm is your thing. It's just it's really just that it's not a sense of trying to either. I, I see a lot of mu- musicians, like everybody's kind of getting into this thing with the, like reading the rhythms and reading the beats. And I don't, mm. it's not something that I necessarily, I'm not into that. I just, I'm more, I'm, I'm because I'm an intuitive creator. I feel mm-hmm. so I'm not necessarily, I don't, I don't, I don't need to know the, I guess the mechanics of what I'm doing. Cause I love that. Actually, mm. I love that. I don't know. Like that's my favorite part. Love I feel that. like that's the best result because I don't know. And I, I really don't want to know. That kind of hit me certainly when we come to just if I'm reflecting about the the pick that I made, that exact perspective of not letting go of the mechanics of of, of rhythm, right? Like it has mm-hmm. to be this. It has to be this specifically. And I've read this down and it, and it gets very robotic in, in that sense. But uh, yeah. 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 I, I think that's why a lot of, if I may interject, I think a lot of musicians, are, they go through this period not even realizing the reason that you might be you get bored with music is because everything is becoming you know it's so condensed and it has to be it, it's, it's really a control thing and absolutely i don't i don't want that a lot of the a lot of the artists that came to mind when we landed on this topic were like a lot of people who pushed the envelope of what i had previously conceived was possible I think of like the first time I heard Giant Steps by John Coltrane where I was like, I didn't know you were yeah. allowed to play that fast. You know, Steve Wright comes to mind where it's like, I didn't know you could do that little or like create melodies by changing things very slowly over time. A lot of those kinds of people came to mind. And then also people who, especially when it comes to rhythm, like to push and pull to the extent that there's not like necessarily even a pulse anymore, unless you're really listening to the, tr- the, the track as a whole. And there's a, there's a contour to it, but there's maybe not a pulse anymore. Um, there was a track I almost picked called I Dream of It Often by Telephone Tel Aviv where the whole thing, he, he's using, I think, all Eurorack synths, but all of the rhythms are like fractal rhythms. Guys, let's listen to some music. I'm very <laughs> stoked to get into these tracks. So, Marty, you're up first. We're going to listen to your selection, and uh, here it is. So, Marty, what do we have the pleasure of listening to, man? Yeah, this is uh, Yusu Nador's 1990 track, set off of the album of the same name just an unbelievable record of unbelievable musicians um something i heard really early on in in my own music journey i I started playing music in high school around age 14. Uh, i started by picking up the bass and pretty soon after i started playing bass i met some local musicians in in northern california some of whom were in sort of the west african afrobeat scene out of oakland and i started playing bass in a band that was not unlike this one and uh, someone passed me this record and 
like this is the first track off of this record and this was the first time I had really heard any West African music like this from this era. And it just blew my mind, especially, mm. you know, playing bass, which is such a, a rhythmically focused instrument, trying to just wrap my head around where is the one? Where's beat one? Yeah. How do I count this? How do I learn to play this? I don't know. It's going to take some time. And, you know, when you're listening to it, it it's, it's all feel. It's all intuitive. That's where that music comes from, um, which was a reason I was so excited when Jalen told me she had never heard this song before or, or didn't know what was coming. So I'm so curious to hear your impression of, of the little tidbit that we heard right then. Yeah, just the first 30 seconds, so it's kind of <laughs> um, tricky, but... Uh, no, yeah. I think, um, I mean, it struck me as soon as it started. Like, it, it, it's, nice. it's, it's a feel, you know, like I can, I can definitely see like the rhythm changes happening um, as you go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure like further in, I'm definitely, I'm sure that they're happening. I can imagine being a bass player, trying to find out where do I fit in in a piece like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I relate to that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, this reminded me of maybe you've had a similar experience, like many times where you learn a very challenging piece, you've learned it cold, you feel like, and then you're like, wait a minute, I have the rhythm completely flipped. Like it is <laughs> the exact opposite of what I think it is and what I've interpreted it to be. And you have to like shift the way that you're thinking about it like entirely. And that's kind of what happened with this track. Now, I know you're going to get into like, it does flip. It didn't get me until the hits actually came later in the track, later in the track. Like that mm-hmm. kind of grounded me a little mm-hmm. bit, which I think hit me with the one. But now I'm all out of sorts because, uh, yeah, you kind of kind of flipped it on its head for me earlier uh, when we were talking about it. Um, but please, take take it away. Your other thoughts on this track. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I think that's the overall theme is like, it's all about feel. And right. it's all about the expanse of that feel. Um, I would love for you to play that moment, actually, uh, sure. from like a minute 45 through two minutes. Is the snare on the downbeat then there? That's that's the question. The, so yeah, <laughs> I see Jay Lynn. You're so nodding sad. your head like, dun, dun, you know, seems like you. It was never a question for you. No, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> which I, which I find amazing. I it's like <laughs> when the first when the track comes in, it's like you got this really strong guitar driven rhythm which almost sounds like one two three four one two three four you know like a super mm-hmm. fast thing but if you just two three four just nodding then when the backbeat comes in it just it feels completely natural and, and like it was meant to be that way all along you can change rhythms as much as you like as long as the mm-hmm. flow is still there Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think musically, we're taught like, you know, it's just switching transition. And it's like, but who's to say where the transition is, mm-hmm. you know, so that like that's the least, at least when I create, that's the way that I think like, well, you're the one creating. So you said you create the transition. Why? Why? You know, because I think like if you have something that's like four bars and then it's like on that last bar, it's like switch because it's going into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, sometimes like there's a piece that I just recently did where, you know, the transition was in two, you know, and it like right on the second beat. Mm-hmm. It, it all depends on I think it's, it's such a flow thing. So I think that's why I was like I, I was expecting it's especially something that rhythmic. I was like, oh, yeah, I love the surprise element because it's it's nice. Yeah. 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 And it's two minutes in, too. It's like you don't expect it to, to mm-hmm. shift at that point. You're like, OK, we're in, you know, this is the beat. It's established. This is where we're going. Mm-hmm. And then they just completely go go a different direction with it. But the flow, like you're saying, the flow is always there. The whole thing, it love, never changed. Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the elements then, Marty, in, in, in this track that you feel allow for those changes to be made without interrupting the flow rhythmically or the time? Well, I think if you ask them, what they're going to tell you is that the backbeat is always there for them or 
if not the backbeat, then like the pulse, their understanding of the pulse is always there. So there is no, there is no change actually, which is the thing that I find so interesting about it because my, you know, I came to this playing, you know, ACDC and Metallica riffs and like stuff that's like rock with a backbeat with a driving rhythm where like it's kick, snare, kick, snare, always. That's how music works. Or even like lots of Motown stuff too, especially as a bass player. It's like, it's all based on wherever the pocket is of the, of the backbeat, wherever the snare is slamming. That's like the thing you listen for. And with this, it's like, you're totally lost without that. Except if you know where it is, it's always there in your mind. Then like, it never changes. The backbeat just mm-hmm. doesn't happen until two minutes in. It's there though. If that makes sense, <laughs> I love it. It, it absolutely <laughs> does. Uh, and and Jalen, I actually had a question for you that I was saving, I think, for later, but I think it fits this track pretty well. Uh, you you inject a ton of variety into your music, so certainly rhythmically. I know you talk a lot about like from bar to bar. Like mm-hmm. some, sometimes some pieces, no bar is the same rhythmically, mm-hmm. but yet there there is still a, a cohesion in the end result. Is there anything that you think kind of you can attribute to putting so much variety in your music rhythmically, yet still kind of being glued together and still feeling like a a cohesive work? Uh, Jazz, probably. Um, That's what jazz is to me. It's just like you have um, two different instruments playing and you have the piano on this side and the drums on this side. And that's not even everybody's track. Everybody doesn't do it that way. Or you may have the bass on this side and you can throw it roughly. You have a flute on this side, you know? I think it all depends on, you know, what you're trying to do. I I like the element of surprise. Like I have a a simple mantra that I operate in, which is CPU, which is clean, precise, and unpredictable. And that's the mantra that I always create in. And um, I like that because if I can surprise myself, then I know I can surprise the person that's listening. And those are those those priceless moments you feel when you create and you can't get it back because once it happens it's like oh it happened and you, it's like it's like always trying to chase the first high <laughs> For lack of better, you're never gonna get there you'll never yeah, you'll never get there but but with every piece you actually do yeah it's it's possible to always get that first high but once you once it happens in that particular track, that's it. So then you have to wait to the next song to try to chase it again. It's incredible. I, and I was going to ask you about the, like the, the CPU mantra. Do you mind just touching on each portion of that mantra? Like obviously unpredictable with your, your variety and in, in your rhythms, but clean and precise, which there is such precision. Um, wouldn't mind, would you mind uh, expanding just a little bit on clean and precise in, in the CPU mantra that you love to use? Yeah, clean as in definition. You meant ah. to do that. Precise is in the flow is always there, no matter how many different directions you went, you never lost the mm-hmm. flow. And unpredictable, that's just that's self-explanatory. You can yeah. you are you're not trying to control what you're doing. You just don't you you feel what you're doing. And it's almost like um, like for myself, it's not that I don't like mechanics in, in music. Because there are, you know, there are mechanic moments. And it's like it's really nice. But I, what I find though is that, for I guess for somebody who like the way that I create, it doesn't go well because I get bored. Like, and I'm I I can get bored very like I can get bored easily. And if I can't surprise myself, or if there's not this unpredictable moment, like I have this thing where I kind of cringe when I know the the drop of a track is about to happen and then it really yeah. does happen. And then yeah. it's like, oh, this is so disappointing. But it's, you know, it's, it's <laughs> and yeah. that's harsh, but it is true. But I think if a person, if you listen to my work, you'd understand why I feel that way. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, Marty, anything, I mean, anything else on set that you want to discuss? Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't want to let the opportunity go by to say what an inspiration as a bass player. Uh, mm. I, I, I mean, Habib is is just a behemoth. Habib, uh, I'm actually not sure if it's Faye or Faye. Um, you know, all these guys were Senegalese. He's he's um, he was the musical director for Usinador for I think almost four decades, something like that. Wow. Um, and wow. produced almost all of his records um, and just passed away in 2018. Uh, was a huge influence in, in on my own bass playing. 
So that's just got to be said. He's just such a killer dude. And in terms of like thinking about time and, and setting the, the feel and the precision, I mean, it was, all, it was all him driving everything. So he's the man. Um, the only other thing I would want to say, I was looking up the lyrics because I don't speak French and, and I couldn't remember exactly what the, the theme was of the song. And when I looked it up, I was like, wow, that's a totally different take on time, which is like a song that is in relation to the time in which it's made. And I, I wanted to read just the, the first half of the lyrics here. Yeah. Have a clear mind, be pure in your heart, be sure in your actions. One day all the world's musicians will meet. Music has no frontiers. One day the Americans will find a new vision and the Russians too will see life in a different way for there are too many weapons and war is terrible. Mm. And this, wow. this is from 1990, you know, yeah. a completely wow. different context, but... It's very applicable, very timely, Fits, all the yeah, same. Pretty you know? relevant. <laughs> so I, I thought that was right wild. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Super god. Super relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Marty, amazing pick. Are are we ready to move on to our second selection <laughs> yes, yes. of the of the episode? All right, here we go. Jalen, what do we have the pleasure of listening to? Um, you have the pleasure of listening to Curtis Mayfield, Give Me Your Love. Um, mm-hmm. I picked that piece because sometimes the simplest things can be so complex. The more I create, the more I realize that. And that can be, I think that can be go across the board in the world of art, honestly. Not even just music, but I picked that because as soon as it starts, it's almost like, you know, just a simple percussion on, you know, on the Congos just, and then it just picks up and it's so slow paced, but then there is this complexity when it comes in with like the, the piano and like how the keys are being played. And um, then, you know, the horn section comes in. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful, I can't, I can't, you have to that is pure intuition playing that is not Mm. there is nothing mechanical about that i love it i do because i think that's I, i really think that that's a lot of what's missing missing in music and i think that's what people miss you have like in the, the the era of like your Curtis Mayfields and your um, Earth, Wind and Fire, your um, your Joni Mitchells, you you know, like th- that that element is what's missing now. And I think that's what's causing a lot of musicians, at least the ones that like they talk. We talk about it a lot. Like they're, they're getting into space with their board, but that's what they're missing. The hard part is, though, is trying to find it. I can listen to a piece and tell when it's mechanical and when it's not. Mm. Yeah. That piece, it screams feel and vulnerability, but boldness all at the same time. Mm. And I think a lot of that is what like, you know, why I picked that piece, because that's what I strive for in every piece I create. And every time that I sit down to create, it's a practice moment for me to try to get there. It's, it struck me listening to this. I've heard this track, many 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 times but still you know and it's a recording you can listen to it over and over and over again but there is an unpredictability in it even for the like 100th time or the 1000th mm-hmm. time that you're listening to this track there's a magic in that that like i, I don't know how you explain that on like you, you could on a certainly maybe on a technical level like there's little things there's like some lush strings or like is that like mm-hmm. the flute and the guitar kind of doubling a line that kind of floats in and out and you kind of can dig a little bit deeper into what's happening there but like I don't know that I even really want to because I don't want to lose that. Like every time I hear it, there's something new uh, to discover, which is wild to me. Um, There's so many things like the one uh, Joseph Lucky Scott on, on bass. Like I I don't want to turn to like bass cast every single podcast we do, but (laughs) has to be mentioned because 
incredible, you know, played on plenty of Natalie Cole stuff, Aretha Franklin, the impressions, like just remarkable. And this kind of record, like it's, it's so damn good. There's so much soul and there's so much pocket and there's so much groove and there's so much sense of time that fits across the entire rhythm section. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Where, where else do you want to go with this track? I mean, <laughs> there's, there's so much. Yeah. I feel like every time for me, when I listen to it, it's such a learning moment. It's a reflective moment. It's almost like whether it's a personal or, you know, coming from a place of creativity, but such an audit moment too, mm-hmm. for me, I miss that feel. I miss that frequency and we don't have it now musically. Right. I, I miss it. I really do. My pa- I always tell my parents, you guys are so lucky because <laughs> you're so yeah. lucky because I listen to, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of music that I love that's out now, but I haven't heard anything that makes me feel like that in a long time. The really, truly good stuff like this with the unpredictability and, and the vulnerability, I think mm-hmm. it's lost in the shuffle, of course, because it's, you know, for, for a variety of reasons, it might not reach our ears. It, it's out there. It's just like, there's so much stuff. It is. It's, there's a lot to do. It's a lot. I mean, we, you know, I mean, we just, we live in the matrix and trying to pick, you know, pick out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're you know. being force fed what, yeah. what we want to be. Yeah. Uh, are there any artists to you today that you feel get close to this or even in the ballpark of like this kind of magic of, of unpredictability in a, in a work? No, not even, <laughs> not, that. not myself. Love that. No, no. I, well, I would I, say yourself I for sure. No, I know. I know. You not, might... not even, no, not me. <laughs> really? I, not, no, no, I'm not, wow. I'm not there yet. I, I, love that. I, I, I wish to be there one day, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not matured enough yet. Not yet. Mm. I'll get there. Mm, that's though. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Marty, your any, any initial thoughts? Uh, I just, you know, I got to agree with that. I mean, it's hard to think of an example of there's not that, that many, or they're not doing, they're not doing stuff that has like all these overlapping layers of feel mm. in the same way. You know, there's mm-hmm. like people who are doing aspects of music to that level. I mean, I, I come back to like that Dawn of Midi track. Jalen, I don't know if you're familiar with that group. Do you know them? Dawn of Midi? I've heard, yes, I've heard it. I've just, I've never heard their work, but yes, I've yeah. heard it. Yes. They're such an interesting group. Um, it's like I was saying, they, they do kind of a minimal thing. It's, it's, um, it's a trio. It's bass, piano, and percussion, but oftentimes you don't know that it's bass, piano, and percussion. They're making sounds mm-hmm. that like you can't believe humans are making and not machines and also it has that like that kind of gooiness that i think you're you're describing of of feel but it's it's very 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 clean in a way that is sort of not the same it it lacks the boldness sometimes sometimes it's there Mm -hmm. but they're the only band that immediately comes to mind because they're on a list right in front of me but there's other people doing interesting stuff but i agree i mean you know silk sonic is great they're great. They're doing great stuff, but they don't have the freedom and flexibility from a commercial standpoint to be right. this brave. They don't have the chance to do that. I believe that that's what a lot of it, what it is, because it's like, I think, and I have to outright call it a lie of that's not marketable. It's like, no, it's not that it's not marketable. It's like, you don't want it to be marketable, but it's right. very marketable because I look at, there is another, there is a group to me that has the aspects of it because there is a song that they did. And I got, I get when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, you know what they do. And they will definitely mature over time with it to get into that point of um, a hiatus Kyoto. They have this track called uh, La- yeah. Laputa that, yeah does that when I hear it and I close my eyes and I'm like oh yeah like they're very um they're close like that I mean they have those moments it's just I think what happens is to get to that point though it's like it really is like a climax of a point because when you make tracks like that, they drain your energy. They do, mm. whether you want to accept it or not, they do. They, they, they get to the space where you're like, Oh my God, I can't, but it's like, you, you're like, I got to walk away. 
mm-hmm. yeah, I got to walk away. I did a track. I have a track blue eye that I did. That was like that, where I was like, I got to walk away. It's just mm-hmm. this draining is draining me in a good way, but I yeah. have to walk away. That's it. <laughs> just put so much into it. Yeah, I put it, so much yeah. in. I said, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I think I've yeah, I reached capacity. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know who else comes to mind is, um, you know, Brittany Howard, Alabama Shakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. She's someone who, like, has a lot of those aspects of, like, just that depth and that feel, but also is, like, definitely on a journey. And, you know, in the next 10 to 15 years is going to do some really amazing stuff, you know? Exactly. Yes. You hear it. You know, it's like there are artists you do. You hear it. You hear it coming. It's just a matter of you know, them getting to that space. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. it takes, it takes a hell of a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, certainly in the, in the jazz world or what, a, you know, modern jazz, Gretchen Parlato comes to mind certainly mm-hmm. and, and all that, but like, it's all, it's funny though, too, because like on the, on the other side, and I am very much responsible for, for a lot of this just in my own world of overanalyzing music like that. Like, it's great to do that and to understand it. And you have to, I think to a degree, because then you can maybe let that organically come out in your own stuff. But when you do that, it kind of defeats the purpose of that song existing in that way and getting to a point where maybe the masses would be into it instead of just having a bunch of music school kids like myself being like, oh man, they check out this, this hemiola in this part. And like, this is our, which I'm about to do on this, (laughs) this song. I do have to point out um, the, the, the give me your love phrase is, so sick it really is so 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 sick in the way that it's spaced in three quarter notes from from the get go i don't i see i feel like i'm like i don't want to take away from from the magic of it but i do think it's just kind of important to point out just the way that that line is phrased That's one of those moments I think that lends to the unpredictability of the track where I know the hook and I know the hook is coming, but there's something that feels a little bit different in terms of its time and its placement. Um, Certainly Curtis Mayfield's phrasing throughout the entire track lends it to that. And it's just a ridiculous performance. Unbelievably good. Man, Jalen, yeah, any, anything else on this track is such a phenomenal pick. I mean, you started talking about the simplistic things that can be, or sorry, the simplest things that can be complex. Mm-hmm. Are there any things that you can point to in this track that you that you feel kind of lend to that? Yeah, this is the way, that, I mean, the way it started off. It seemed so, seemed so simple. And then all of a sudden it was yeah. just like, ooh, you know what I mean? Those, those surprising moments, those feel mm-hmm. like, ooh, okay. It's a feel, but I also, I agree with you with overanalyzing the thing too, mm-hmm. because it loses its beauty. And I think that happens a lot musically. Um, it loses its beauty. And then on top of that, you have to go on this journey. You know, Curtis Mayfield went on this journey and I don't expect a person to be because they're out in public to be, you, I know you're top notch. I don't, I don't expect that. And, and I think it helps a lot as being a musician myself like one, I'm quick to say, you know, like a person will tell me how great something sounds that I made. And I'm like, and I'm thinking to my, and and I may have made it maybe six months prior to them actually hearing it for the first time. And I'm like, yeah, but I got to go. I'm so ready to go past this point. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, and, and it's, and it's because that's a personal thing though. Yeah. I, I, I love that when a person asks me like, what is my signature? And I say, it's my growth. I love when I can hear a person's growth, mm. you know, is it, it is, it means everything. And, and it, and it doesn't need to be analyzed. Just, just let mm. them grow, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to do this with you. Cause I don't want to overalize and even come close to being one of those people. It's like, I think this is what you're doing. But like, do you feel like that personality in your, in your life and having that constant drive to I've done this, I'm going to leave that back that that 
is just getting injected into your music constantly. Like when it comes to the variations that you put into your music from bar to bar and putting it on that level, that just the way that you pursue art mm. constantly evolving, that that kind of is coming out in your music. Yeah, I think it, it, it it's a, it's it's yeah, it's like it's natural because every, like I say, mm. every time I sit down to create, it's a practice moment. So right. something new may come out or something old may come out or something old may come out then that becomes new. You know, it just, it it depends, but that's all a part of the journey. That's the beauty of it. Do you listen to tracks like this? If you feel like uninspired, you can maybe put on, give me your love and then feel like, okay, I want to create. Um, no, I listen to tracks like this mm-hmm. when I am just, I'm in a quiet space in my mind. Mm. Yeah. Whereas when I, when I need to create, I don't want to listen to anything. I don't want to hear coming anything. in fresh. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't I love know. that. Yeah, awesome, so good, such an awesome pick. All right, let's get into our last selection of the episode. Happens to be mine. Folks, you're listening to She Said from the Far Side. This is the JD remix. Jay Dilla. Dilla did do several tracks on, on this record, Lab Cab in California. She Said, of course, Drop and Runnin', uh, some of my favorites. Quick story about Runnin' and Dilla's approach to time and rhythm. It actually kind of started a fight in, in the Far Side. I uncovered this little thing. So Dilla's in LA working uh, on this record with the Far Side. Um, Trey, uh, a member of Farside, loved the beat for Run, and it was like the first thing that he heard Dylan make. And the kick is like a pretty unique kick drum pattern, particularly for the time, like mid '90s hip hop. Um, Dylan just like injecting his unique approach to, to rhythm. Uh, Fat Lip in the Farside though hated it, didn't think it sounded right. So while the group's on a break, Dylan Trey out of the room. Fat Lip goes in and just deletes the drum kick, like like the whole track. He doesn't just like muted or anything he just deletes it it's gone um trey didn't like that they got into a bit of a fist fight apparently outside of the studio trey eventually gets his way dilla redoes the kick and what you end up with is the the track as it was initially intended which i'll play a little bit for you right now Just speaking on Dilla for a second, like I have to go back. The first thing when I go to Dilla, the first track that comes to my mind is actually, um, didn't you know, that's, oh man, when it first comes on, I'm just Mm. like, are you for real? Like, yeah, (laughs) like this, this, come on. I'm hoping to get to the place that one day I do a rhythm that starts a fight. Um, I can't lie. If I would love to be a person that could do a rhythm so yeah. good that it's like, my God, it started an entire fight. Um, then I would know I was on I was on the right path. I need yeah. that kind of affirmation. <laughs> Marty and I'll keep that in mind when we're listening to your music and maybe like. Hey, we gotta we gotta fight, man. We gotta make that, it happen. It's funny you mentioned, didn't you know? Because I almost that was my other. I almost picked that because Pino playing bass on it and it mm-hmm. has Dilla in it and everything. But this track, the reason I picked this track in particular is the bass line. Um, but for, first things first, I do want to play just the original. She said uh, the original version is like very different, and Dilla produced this, so he did a remix of his own production. Um, you've got a, a very prominent piano sample caught from a Cannibal Adderley record, uh, Walk Tall and Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. The best when her desires don't buy. Quick is the boost of the loves for high. One thing to point out from the remix there's that high like single line melody sample that that features pretty prominently in a lot of Dilla stuff (laughs) 
This one, and he might use it more and more, is actually from the, the Steve Miller band uh, Fly Like an Eagle record. Mm. Um, it's from like this wild intro on it, which, dude, I'll admit, I didn't... That record is amazing. I, I would hear Steve Miller band like the Joker, and I don't I don't love that song at all. But if you listen to that record in its entirety, there is some wild stuff on that album. Definitely ripe for sampling. It's perfectly blended, this groove, with, with some disjointed elements, which you would expect from one, a really great Dilla beat. Um, I think that the snare is pretty locked in. You don't arrive at the feeling that of a Dilla beat because everything's just kind of slop, like slapped in there and unquantized, you know, like some stuff is. But the way it is married together is really the, the essence of that. So um, the shaker is in there. It's really consistent. It's pretty laid back. The kick is pretty, I think, upfront and present um, and pretty gridded. But the bass, this bass line, man, like harmonically very simple. But listen to just where it sits in the groove. It, it's ridiculous. I don't think I can think of a better example of something just being so laid back and, and moving around, really. My best guess is he played that in on an MPC. It sounds like one of his his lines that he played in and maybe chopped and sampled something into little bits, but actually played it in. And I, I, I've told this story too, but I remember being in a lab at Berkeley with some amazing bass players and nobody could play this line right. Not one person. Like nobody got even close, honestly. It was so stiff because I think, Jalen, as you talked before, like we're coming at it from a mechanical standpoint. You can't do that and play Dilla correctly. You just can't. You yeah. can't. Dilla, it's not possible. Dilla's intentional. Yeah. Dilla is intentional. He meant exactly what he did. And I love, yep. he, Dilla is, if I've ever had to, yeah, Dilla is intentional. So I would say he knows, I would say intuitive and intentional at that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely intentional though. He knows exactly mm-hmm. what, he's doing in regards to he make he means to finish the sentence yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yep and that that too and another thing that you said that really stuck with me is the unpredictability but unpredictability in something that's not like an imp like there's improvisation in the creation mm-hmm. but this is a track that's just been out for years for 30 mm-hmm. years almost now and there still is that feeling of spontaneity and unpredictability in his beats and grooves donuts of like if you listen to donuts all the way through that is that's a wild ride for sure i don't think that's one you can ever just like i'm gonna pick out working on it and like listen to one track like it's not it's (laughs) not doable you have to listen to the whole thing listen to the whole thing yeah but yeah like this this track too like the bass it just it totally reshaped the way that i looked at at time because i was coming at it before like everything needs to be perfect. And I want to have really perfect time, like metronomic time. I want to play like that. And like, there are some great music, like Wayne Krantz comes to mind as somebody that's like, just got this machine gun, like approach to like time mm-hmm. as an improviser. And I wanted that. But then you listen to Dilla, it's like time does not like you can stretch it you can manipulate it it's elastic it's not like a 16th note is a 16th note is a 16th note there are other little like things that that are ethereal around every beat that you can play with and manipulate and kind of slip in and out of these different areas of a beat um and this did that for me 100 it like totally opened the store of like time isn't like this um like it just opened up like another dimension of space i think within Mm -hmm. grooves that you can kind of tap into i'm thinking about what you were saying about the baseline and working on that like in a classroom setting if you look at a rhythm like that on a piece of paper it bears almost no resemblance to what is actually happening in in the audio spectrum you know it's not dum 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 bum bum dum da 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 da
But um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's all over the place. It's like you can't. Yeah, if you write that down, it doesn't make any sense. And if you, if if you try and do it, if you try and translate it, it's just it it's it's untranslatable in a way that's meaningful. And that's and the that fact points to the the gooiness of it and the and the humanness of it and the and the precision of it. I, I, if I'm using that term correctly, you know, it's like that's that was he came with that full intention, like Jalen was saying, you know. And then I think also about in terms of Dilla and Dilla Beats. I mean, I always think of that that segment of Questlove on video talking about how he heard that for the first time. He heard a beat, a Dilla beat, and he was like, "Wait, so the kick and the snare can be here, and then you can just take the hi hats and just and just move them over here, and that's okay. You're allowed to do that. You could just do that." Dilla's a cat that I know that actually like programmed his drums with no uh uh quantize he would turn the quantize off and make it imperfect in the case of d'angelo like a song like dreaming eyes of mine like i that's the first time i ever heard like that whole The hi-hats could just be over here, you know, just super late or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, this is sort of a classic example of that where you can hear, if you listen to the kick and the snare, it sounds really, really consistent, really like mm-hmm. on. And then when you listen to that, whatever the sample is, I'm not quite sure. It's like kind of a shaker sound yep. or whatever. It's got its own internal rhythm and it's really, uh, it's happening a lot later than the kick and the snare are happening. Which ends up have having the effect of you know that's a sixteenth note like, and you, so you're hearing that rhythm, but then the kick is like, it's like, all of all of the backbeats are 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 early almost, and mm-hmm. and that is, I mean I, you know you've like you said you've talked exhaustively about Dilla, but that's sort of like one of the elements of Dilla that is quintessential to me and the first time i heard it, i was like again you know what is time you're allowed to do that i don't know what time is anymore yeah like i will say this i, I feel like um time is not the leader the metronome is not the leader mm. as a matter of fact if i can get rid of it completely i would um, <laughs> um because it I, I think the moment you I almost feels like it's the moment you throw it in like one of my fa- my favorite bl- bass player in the world is bootsy Collins. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that I never know where one is with Bootsy. I just, but when I found out that he used to play for James Brown, James Brown's music made so much more sense. I said, oh my God, okay, now this makes a lot of sense. And I was like, it, that, it was, I was so happy when I actually found that out. And it was just like, oh man, man. Um, Cause everybody's like, when they talk about parliament, Everybody's like, you know, Parliament was. I said, no, it's not Parliament. It's Bootsy. That's what you. <laughs> I love George Clinton. I do, but it's yeah. not George. It's Bootsy. Like for for real. Jalen, thank you so much for taking the time to to do this. That was incredibly enlightening. And, you know, obviously your course is remarkably enlightening, I think, for anybody trying to tap into this kind of thing. But do you mind sharing just a little bit of what folks might be able to expect from your incredible course with Soundfly? Of course, Jalen, Rhythm, Variation, and Vulnerability. Honestly, I think it's just very me, very stripped. That Jalen in that video is not that Jalen right now. It's not that Jalen today. Um, I probably was super, I think I felt I was very cheerful in there. My partner was with me when we were shooting, so I was happy she was there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, what to expect is just a lot of me, well, one, me being me, but just breaking down some of the things that I have come across in my journey musically and then just giving like little tips of how I approach a thing or, you know, just, and, and that, 
you know, I, I always said my pyramid sh- shifts constantly. So, you know, that was me that day. <laughs> and, yeah, and that's awesome. And and I, I think that's that's true to form. That's awesome because you're always shifting and pushing boundaries and trying to to grow. Right. I think the thing that the feedback that I've seen that I loved and is so exciting to me is the vulnerability aspect of the course. Mm. I think a lot of people have gotten into it and kind of maybe it's pulled the veil away from their own art and being insecure about the music that they're making maybe a little bit and just kind of being more open to, well, Jalen can do that and put everything like just pour herself into her music. Why can't I also do that? You know, like there might be. That's, I think, you know, sometimes, sometimes you almost need, I I found we live in a society that a lot of, it it feels like you almost need permission to do a thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like, well, here's, here it is. You need it. Here it is. You know, because I do it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I do it all. I do it a lot. And and it is, it's draining. Some days are good. Some days are awful. You know, it just, but when it happens, you 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 love it. It's it's a, it's a it's a love you never, you know, want to get away from. Awesome. Yeah. And is there anything you know on the horizon for you musically that you want to share with our listeners? I mean, you certainly you don't have to. I don't want to put you on. The spot no, 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 no. Yeah, like right please. now, yeah. Like right now, I'm I'm just working on um I'm working on my album right now. Yes. And um, awesome. Yeah, I've actually. I've changed a lot of my album and I'm still trying to piece it together myself, like where I am mentally, but I'm also creating. So it's just, yeah, that's where I am right now. It's still coming together, even for, you know, for me. So, and I love it because I don't have control over it. That's the best part. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And that's going to do it for this episode of Themes and Variation. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to dig into any of the songs mentioned on this episode, we have a Spotify playlist in our show notes. Feel free to have a listen there. A huge thanks to Marty for coming up with the theme that we discussed today and for doing some co-hosting duties. And of course, a massive thank you to Jalen for joining us on this episode and bringing some incredible insight. Remember to check out her new course, Jalen Rhythm Variation and Vulnerability, as well as a bunch of other great courses at soundfly.com. And we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode and a new theme.